0: Thank you for that um, wonderful intro, Pastor Gary. I—I um, uh, I don't think I'm devilishly handsome, Haley. I—I'm uh, really, really, really good-looking. <laughs> for those of you who have seen uh, Zoolander, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, way off topic there. Um, <laughs> well, like. <laughs> Who says you can't have fun in church, eh? Um, <laughs> mm. Well, uh, last night, um, I a, a, we actually had a bit of a family movie night, and uh, we uh, gave our kids a bit of an uh, experience in a wonderful movie called Home Alone, uh, brought me right back to my childhood, and it was, I was laughing more at the kids' reaction than what I was at the actual movie. Um, Especially Ethan, he was just rolling in stitches, like laughing at some of the things that he was doing to the burglars and stuff like that, and the pizza delivery guy that comes and delivers the pizza to the house and all that sort of stuff, so that was pretty fun. that was a fun day um, and all that who says you can 't have fun with your family and all that sort of stuff you know I, I just want to encourage you just to enjoy your family while while they 're here on this earth um you know like, like yesterday was a great day we yeah we just watched a couple of movies together it was. Just good fun, good fun with the kids and, and all that. And uh, something that we haven't done for a while and um, yeah, it was really, really good. And uh, like I said, just really funny, um, some of the kids' reactions and stuff. But anyway, that's not really what I'm preaching on today. Um, I was just you know, sharing some of the stuff that we were doing while we, whilst we've sort of been away. Um, so this morning, um, if you've got your Bibles with me, uh, can you please turn to uh, Revelation chapter 2. Whoa, he's preaching a heavy message in Revelation. Look out. Oh, Revelation chapter 2. And to make things even uh, more, more eh, 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 it's the new King James. So, this is a heavy message this morning, eh? <laughs> All right. If in case you don't, if you've gone to the maps, you've gone too far. Um, Revelation chapter 2. Uh, it's the last book of the Bible for those who don't know. But we're going to read from uh, verses 1 to 7, and then we're just going to break down this verse. Um, this is a word that uh, God has put on my heart for the church uh, today. Um, circumstances this week come along that uh, tried to stop me from preaching this message, I believe. So I believe it is something that God is wanting to share with us this morning. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So uh, verse 1 of chapter 2 it says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this I have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, I think I've pronounced that right, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches to him who overcomes I will give to eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. All right. So, as you read here in the first part of this passage, you think, oh, yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with what this church is doing. You know, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. You have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. So, when you read the first part of this verse, you think, oh, there's nothing that this church is actually doing wrong. They're actually. What they're doing is really good, you know. They've um, they've endured persecution. They've been, you know, they've tested out false prophets and found them to be liars. Um, they've persevered through trials, all that, all for my all for my name's sake, or all for Jesus, all for you know, um, all because, you know, it sounds like they're doing the right thing. But as you read in verse four, it says, "Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love." In the Amplified Bible, it says, But I have this charge against you, that you have left your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. So in other words, uh, what this church was doing here, as you read in the first couple of verses, was just out of the routine, out of what they thought were the right things to do. And they were doing it not out of the love for the Lord. They were actually doing it because it was the thing to do. It was the right thing to do that they felt it was the right thing to do. It was what the church did, and they were doing it just for the sake of doing it and, and, and not doing it for the right reason. They had lost their first love for Jesus. And this morning I want to, I that's the title of my message, Don't Lose Your First Love. Don't lose your first love. Let's not make what we do here as a church a routine thing, that, because in other words, that is a religious spirit. You know, you read throughout the New Testament with Jesus' encounter with the Pharisees. You know, they were the religious leaders of the day, um, and he was forever speaking against the Pharisees because what they were—they were doing it for their own selfish gain. They weren't doing it because of their love for God. They were doing it because that was what the law of Moses said, and so they were just doing it because that was just what—it was their duty. It was what they were—that what they felt was what they meant to do. So as a church, we don't, I, don't, I don't want us as a church to get stuck in our routine, to do things out of duty, but the things that we do as a church to be done out of the, because we have a deep love for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that we do, we should do out of our love for Jesus. Let's not lose sight of our first love this morning. I want to give you a practical example. It's like when, for those of you who are married here, you know, when you first get married, it's like, oh, it's, everything is great. Everything is wonderful. It's like when you first give your heart to Jesus, you know, it's great, you know, you've been set free from a sinful life, and, and you're just excited, you know, that, you know, and you're just so excited about this new love that you found for Jesus. And when you first get married, it's like you're so excited that you're about to enter into this life with your wife or with your husband. Um, you're, you're so excited, and your love for each other is, you know, is, it's just, you just, it's hard to explain. You, you just—it's—you're just so passionate in everything that you do when you first get married, but you know, as as time goes on, as time goes on, you know, you start to you know, uh, you know, pay the bills, look after your household, mow the lawn, do the dishes, um, you know, do all these or do all the household things, and it's easy to do that out of a routine out of a routine thing, but you're not building relationship. If you're not building on your relationship with one another, your love for each other can begin to grow cold. And unfortunately, a lot in today's society, there's a lot of divorce and a lot of um, broken marriages, is because people are uh, are going about their daily life and they're not investing into that relationship with their spouse. And so... There's a lot of selfishness there. And so in your marriage, if you're not working on your relationship, you, you can begin to lose sight of your first love that you have for your spouse. And so you just go about your everyday household business and, and, and you get stuck in a routine. And so you're just doing it because you're doing what you do out of, out of duty. And so it is, this, 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 this can be the same with our relationship with God. You know, we can do what we do out of a duty, out of a routine, but not invest into our relationship with our Lord Jesus. And so this morning, if there's anything that you can get out of this message, you know, I don't have some fancy 3-point, 7-point message this morning. If there's anything that God is saying to us this morning, don't lose sight of your first love. Don't lose your first love. Now more than ever, we need to... Do what we do out of our love for Jesus. We need to work on our relationship with Jesus. Let's not get stuck in routine. Let's not get stuck in routine. I don't want any of any of us to, to begin to see our love for God grow cold. You know, the scary part is that this... this Our love for God and it it can grow cold without us even realizing it. That that's the scary part. Our love for God can grow cold without us even realizing it. And if we don't work on our relationship with Jesus, if we don't get to know Him, if we don't do what we do out of our love for Jesus, and we're just doing it out of duty, we don't spend time with God. We don't, you know, we we're just doing the things that we're doing because that's just what we do. We're doing it for the wrong reason. We need to invest into our love for Jesus. We need to focus. We need to not lose our first love. I want to return to Deuteronomy chapter 6 now. I'm going to change my Bible here because I've got two of them today. So, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And, uh, you know, here, uh, this was just after the Israelites. Uh, have been given the Ten Commandments, and, um, and, and, and this is their call to obedience. And it says, from verse 4, it says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. I'm going to stop there for two seconds. So here, God is calling the Israelites to a wholehearted commitment. Our Christian life is about having a wholehearted commitment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. All your heart, all your mind. Oh, sorry, not your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Everything that we do comes out of our love for the Lord. Our obedience arises out from our relationship with God. So verse 10 of chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, I'll, I'll read it here. It says, The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build, the houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns that you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant when you have eaten your fill in this land. be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt so this promise that that the Israelites are about to enter into sounds like a pretty good promise you now they 're about to enter the promised land and what God is saying here is when, when you are actually living in your promise, in verse 12, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. We need to make sure that when we're walking in the promises that God has for us, that we do not forget the Lord. To not forget the Lord. It is so easy when things are going well, to 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 put aside your prayer life, to put aside your worship life, to put aside your Bible to put aside your Bible, dare I say it, because things are going well. Why is it that we cry out to God when things are going terrible? But we but when things are going well, when we're walking in his promises, when we're walking in his blessing, when we're walking in his provision, that we forget where God has res, where the Lord has rescued us from. We need to not forget where the Lord has rescued us from today. He, you've entered the promise, because, your promise because of him. Not because of anything you've done, but because of him. It's about that first love, to continue to work on that relationship, to not lose your first love, as, as it says in Revelation 2. And as you continue to read through the Old Testament, you see there are times where the Israelites have bowed down to other gods and all that and, and then the Lord rescued them and, and all that. But, but if they had have remembered this verse from the very start, I think they would have continued to live in the promised land and not, you know, dare I say it, not, and not encountered those trials that they've gone and, and, and all that. So we need to remember to, to the Lord when things are going well. Let's have a look at Mark chapter 12 now. Mark chapter 12. And we're going to read from uh, verses 28 to 34. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. Here we go. From verse 28 of chapter 12, it says, One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of the religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbour as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required by the law. Realising how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. (laughs) So this encounter with this religious leader, um, you know, they were having a debate, if you read before that, they were having a debate as they did with Jesus in, the t- in that day. And uh, he answered everything pretty well. So this guy wanted to take it even further and said, you know, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Which is the most important? And as, as we read, the most important commandment is this listener, Israel, the Lord our God is the only one. Is uh, the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So, our love for God must be first. <laughs> our love for God must be first. And in verse thirty-one, the second one is equally uh, the second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Now, in this passage, as I was reading this week. I was thinking, you know, to love your neighbour as yourself truly comes out of the first commandment. You know, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and, 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 you're, developing on, and, and you're developing your relationship with God, you begin to discover God's heartbeat. You begin to discover what, what, what our Jesus loves. And Jesus loves our neighbour. And so out of our love for God, then we begin to do the second one, to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, because if you don't love the Lord your God, but you love your neighbor as yourself, you're just doing it out of a routine. Whereas if you do it if you do it the, other, like the way in this order, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So out of your love for God, you will then begin to discover your love for your neighbor. Because you are, as, as you build on your relationship with God, as you begin to, if you continue to develop that first love and not lose that first love, you begin to discover what God loves. And God loves the world. God loves your neighbor. So as you, as you begin to work out of your love for God, you will begin to love your neighbor. It, just, it will just come naturally because you're loving what God loves. You know, the religious leader understood these two commandments were more important than the burnt offerings and sacrifices of the Lord. Now, that was a pretty important thing that he said there because this guy was just basically saying that what Jesus is saying here is is greater than our Jewish religion, our Jewish custom. It's greater. What you've just said here, Jesus, is is far greater than what, we've, what we're doing. And so he's basically saying that what, they, what, they, what they've been doing, what they believe, isn't, isn't the right way to go. That what Jesus is saying is true. And so it totally contradicts what the other religious leaders were saying about Jesus. And so he understood here because he says at the end, you are not far from the kingdom of God. So he understood that to, like, his love To love God is far more important than all the religious activities that they did back in that day. For me, I believe that Jesus is saying to us this morning that he is after our love, our relationship more than our religion. He is after our love more than our religion. You know, we should be doing our ministries, our works that we do in our community because of the love that we have for Christ. Not out of the routine of church life. Not because Pastor Gary or one of us as leaders have said, oh, do you want to do that? And you just go, oh, okay, I'll just do it because they need someone to do it. Um, Do it because of your love for, for Christ. If it's the thing that God has called you to do, do it. Yeah. If it's not, say no. Right. Absolutely. To mind the gap. There you go. There's a play. <laughs> um, you know, I believe that God is calling us as a church today more than ever to minister out of our love for him, that first love, first love, if that's one thing I want you to take out of today is first love. Remember that. And I'll just continue to highlight again. Let's not base our faith out of what we do uh, and what we do out of, out of a religious experience or the routine of church life. But let's build our faith out of our love for Christ. Let's build our faith out of our love for Christ. I want to read now. From Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to go to verse 21. And it says Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, that's a pretty scary verse when you think about it. And when when God led me to this passage, I was a little bit reluctant to read it, but I believe it really ties in with what I'm trying to say this morning. Um, Verse 21, but he who does the will of my Father, only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter. How do we do the will of the Father? It's out of our love, out of our relationship with our Lord Jesus. How do we do God's will? Develop your relationship with Jesus. That's the only way you will discover God's will for your life. Because, you know, they had a good reply. You know, did we not cast out demons in your name? We prophesied in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. But Jesus will say, I never knew you. It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship, church. It's all about not losing sight of our first love. I'll I'll put it in today's context. Lord, like... I, I, I actually personalised this passage to actually sort of make it, sort of you know, just to sort of make sure that you know I'm doing the will of the Father, and I, and, and I was thinking of my response, you know, and uh, I was like, Lord, you know, I lead worship in Your name, I I preach in Your name, I you know, I'm part of our leadership team, Lord. The scary part is, is if I'm not doing all this because I know that it's what God's called me to do, if I'm not doing it out of my love for Christ, and I'm doing it with the wrong heart, Jesus is going to say to me, I never knew you. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Because it actually caused me to examine myself and actually, actually actually made me say, okay, what am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? What's the motivation that I'm doing all that I'm doing out of? What is your motivation? What is your motivation this morning? It's a pretty challenging concept. It's a pretty scary passage when you think about it. I'm not saying we should be scared of God, but we just need to make sure that we're doing his will for our lives. First love. First love. Let's make sure that we're doing things out of the right heart, and not be like the church in Revelation. I just want to share a, a, a story out of my life. Um, it was just after I. It's just after I did Bible college. Um, I did two years Bible college, and I was, um, you know, I, I was two years in the church. I wasn't working. I was doing it full time. So. You know, you get bombarded with a lot of information. You get your relationship with God. You feel like you're on cloud nine and all that sort of stuff. But there was a time when I went back to work. It was, I went back to work for about two or three years um, after college and that. I think it was maybe four. But um, I got to the point where I, I, I wasn't developing on my relationship with God. And I was just going to church and, and, um, and just sort of playing guitar, leading worship and all that because it was just what I did. Um, I never, I never, do, I never had a, a, a consistent prayer life. I never had a consistent um, time in the Word. Um, I was working in a pretty negative environment, so I was allowing things to enter my life that I shouldn't have let into my life. Um, and so I was just going to church because it was the thing to do. Um, I never thought any different. I, I just thought, oh yeah. I'll just keep going to church. But I never liked going to church. That was the honest truth. I didn't like it because actually some Sundays I didn't even want to be there. I just went because that was just what you did. And so I was, I was doing all the things that I was doing for the wrong reason. Um, I, I lost sight of my first love for Jesus. And, and that started having a domino effect in other areas of, of our life as well. That started having a domino effect on our marriage. It started having a, you know, it, it, our life was just a, a mess. On the outside, you wouldn't have realized it, but um, at the time, it was a mess. And, and, and for that to actually get fixed, God actually had to call us to the other side of Australia and deal with some pretty personal stuff before I actually became, came to the place that I am today. I spent a year in a church that I did absolutely nothing in. I felt so isolated and all that, but God began to work in me. I began to develop on my relationship with God, and my relationship with God began to grow stronger. I dealt with some issues in my life that I was having issues with. It was pretty powerful. Um, And God had to move me to Western Australia to do it um, because that was where I was at at the time. He knew that was the best thing. I thought I was going over there for work, but no, God had other ideas. The only way, um, and so in that time in Western Australia, God began to work on our marriage. As I began to build on my relationship with God, our marriage began to grow stronger. I, I I had a bigger respect for my family. I had a bigger respect for people because I was able to develop on my love for Christ. And I would not be standing here today if we, didn't do, if, we, if we hadn't have gone over to Western Australia, if I hadn't have been obedient to the voice of God. I thought I was going over there for work. No. I went over there because God wanted me to develop on my character, on my relationship. I'm only sharing this with you today because this is personal for me too. I've had an experience where I've let go of that first love, I don't want you to do the same this morning. God wants us to remember our first love. I ask the musicians to come back please. Jesus wants our love. God is after relationship not religion. God is after our relationship not religion. Let's continue to build on our relationship with God. You know, if God was after religion, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. He wouldn't have sent Jesus. I just want you to close your eyes for a sec. I just want to give an opportunity this morning just to, I want to give you an opportunity just to be able to examine yourself, have a realistic examination of yourself. Like I had to, at that point in my life, when I was over in Western Australia, I had to really examine myself. I want you this morning just to have a realistic look at your life. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I doing what I'm doing just out of a routine thing? Or am I doing it because I really love my Lord Jesus and that's what he's called me to do? And with every head bowed and every eye closed, If something that I've said this morning has challenged you and you feel that you have lost sight of your first love, there's no one looking around. There's no judgment here because I shared my story. I was at a point where I lost sight of my first love. If you've lost sight of your first love this morning, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand too. Thank you, Lord. I see that one as well. That's good. It's good. Be honest with God this morning. Yep, I see that hand too. It's good. It's good. There's hands going up. It's good. You're being honest with God. God is really going to pour out His Spirit on you this morning. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me, just for those who raise their hands. Say, Lord, I'm sorry that I've lost sight of you. Today, I want to commit myself to you again. I'm sorry, Lord, for losing sight of my first love for you. Forgive me of my sin, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank you for those who raise their hand. I really believe that out of that, out of that prayer, that God is going to begin to do something in your life. God is going to be. God is going to begin to uh, plant new things in your life. He's going to as you begin to develop your relationship with you you're going to begin to discover your calling again you're going to begin to discover your calling again and you're going to you're going to, you're going to have a confidence to say yes to things and to say no to things you're going to have a confidence to know that this is what my father has called me to do i'm going about my father's business you're going to have that confidence i believe that today i speak that over those people that raise their hand that as they begin to develop on their relationship with you lord that, that they are going to begin to, just, to be confident in the things that you've called them to do. I pray for freedom this morning of things that have been holding people back. I pray for freedom this morning. I pray against religious spirits in this place. And I just pray right now that we will be a church that is known for loving you, Lord Jesus, that is known for ministering out of a love for you, Lord Jesus. I thank You, Lord. I thank You, Lord, for everything that You're doing in this place this morning. I thank You so much, Lord. I thank You, Lord, for who You are. Thank You, Father. Come on, let's stand. Let's begin to worship. Come on. Come on.